Hey, Orthopreneurs, it's Dr. Glenn Krieger here. And let me tell you, the Orthopreneurs 2024 Summit, which is going to be on a Royal Caribbean ship, has taken off. I don't mean literally, but we actually booked an entire ship just for us. We started selling it already. And believe it or not, it's selling out fast. People want to come by themselves. People want to bring their team. People want to bring their families. Remember, there's a kids club there and there's also an adult only pool. So you can watch the presentations streaming throughout the whole ship. Imagine sitting in the pool with a drink in your hand, watching someone speak on tips and tricks to help your practice get better while you're sitting knee deep in a pool with a drink in your hand. Sounds pretty cool, right? Well, you've come to know the kind of meetings we put together, and this one's going to be even more exceptional and even more affordable. Go to opsummit2024.com to sign up now. When I mention the name Luis Carrier to most people in orthodontics, the first thing that comes to mind is an AP corrector. But the more you get to know him, the more you learn that he's a master clinician, a gentleman of the highest order, and a second-generation orthodontist whose father was a world-renowned clinician. So, as I tell you every week, buckle up, get on the treadmill, or have a drink. But whatever you're going to do, do not miss my time today with Dr. Luis Carrier. This, this, this is the Orthopreneur Show with Glenn Krieger, talking about the things you never learned in school, like marketing, management, and leadership. Hi there, everybody. It's Dr. Glenn Krieger here with another episode of the Orthopreneur's Podcast. Now, Today, we are remarkably lucky because I have an amazing human being in front of me, one of my favorite people in the world, somebody who I've learned so much from, Dr. Luis Carrier. Hi, Glenn. It's a pleasure for me. The pleasure is all mine, I tell you, because I admire you. Oh, and to me, it's a real pleasure to be here talking with you, brainstorming about orthodontics and all oh. this stuff. Well, I am humbled because there are a few people in my career who have changed the trajectory of my learning, who've opened my eyes and sort of rocked my world a little bit. And, you know, I, I remember the days when there was the carrier distalizer. Correct. Right? Correct. At the beginning. At yeah. the beginning. And, and I'd heard about that early on. And I met you when you came to Florida for just a casual meeting. I still remember that time. Yeah. yeah. And, and we were invited to a dinner and you were there and I was yeah. a resident and you were so gracious and so kind. Yeah. I don't know if there's anybody I've ever met who's accomplished as much as you have who's as gracious to every single person he meets. Thank you. Thank I mean you. it, sincerely. If anybody out there ever has the opportunity to ever meet this man or has met him, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because for good or for bad, we all know him as the carrier distalizer, the, car the, the, the motion, right? Or the, anything else associated with your name. And sometimes you forget that the human being behind it is just an amazing human being. Thank you very much. You're I, too kind. You're too kind. I'm being honest. Thank you. So um, let's talk about a couple of things. First... For those out there who, who don't know who you are, perhaps, mm -hmm. uh, or have heard of you and don't know your history, tell us a little bit about um, how you became a dentist, an orthodontist, and, of course, to start where you practice right now. So, you know, uh, Glenn, my father, my father is an uh, orthodontist, and uh, I uh, admire him so much. It was my icon when I was a kid. He's still my icon, and, and, and uh, it's the... It's a, it's a point of reference to me that is very important in my life. No? Yeah. So he is orthodontist. And when I was a kid, 
since the beginning, since the beginning, I wanted to be an orthodontist. So I pursued this uh, objective and, 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 and I enjoyed so much the, uh, the studies of dentistry and the studies of orthodontics. And I become orthodontics as a, I went to the university in Barcelona. Uh, for uh, studying, uh, no, I went to the University of Madrid to start to study dentistry, and then I went to the University of Barcelona for studying orthodontics, and then I did my PhD also in uh, Barcelona, the University of Barcelona as well. I didn't know you had a PhD. Yeah, in what in what field? In orthodontics, in related to the treatment of uh, the motion appliance. When I came up with the motion appliance, I did uh, my PhD related to the study of which it was the effect on the motion appliance and all this stuff. Wow, yes, yeah. remarkable. Yeah. Now your father Pepe. Yes. Right. I've heard amazing things. I've seen pictures. Yes. From giants in orthodontics. Correct. Right. We all know about you. We've heard about you, yes. but but apparently the generation before us all was knew your excellent. father. Was right? I saw I saw uh, ceremonies of people getting awards. I think I don't remember who it was. I saw what, they had a picture of your father. It was Jim McNamara because my father uh, at that time he was the president of the European Society for Orthodontics, and he he appointed uh, us because McNamara was brilliant. Right. But at that time, Magnamara was uh, uh, beginning orthodontics because he was uh, around 30 years old or, right. or something like that. And he he saw that the studies of Magnamara were brilliant. So he pointed out that the European Society of Orthodontics should give the, uh, the, uh, the maximum award of the society for the studies of Dr. Magnamara because it was was excellent, no, and 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 then was gave the this 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 award to uh, to I think it was the Friedel Shield uh, Friedel uh, the I don't remember the name. It's okay. The, no, I just remember it was a big ceremony. Everybody was really dressed up beautifully with gowns like uh, the Correct. ceremonial uh, black gowns. Sheldon Friedel Memorial. Sheldon Friedman. It's amazing. Yes. Everybody, again, most of us don't know your father, but he's really a lot of the inspiration for a lot you of people. You know, the my winter. father is a brilliant, is a brilliant mind, uh, in my opinion. Uh, it has been a, a brilliant orthodontist. Uh, when I ended up my ortho program, uh, I, I thought well, I was knowing a lot of orthodontics in terms of, of, of concepts. But when I started working with him, I saw his way of approaching the orthodontic treatments and I was learning so much, so much, so much that uh, made me and inspired me very much into these new developments uh, uh, to, to, to work to, for new, new developments as we, as we have done. And I know that he's still in the practice. Oh, yes. He's 82 years old wow. and still practicing in, in every day. In a, but he enjoys so much. You know, We enjoy together and we work together. We brainstorm together. Beautiful. And, and I feel blessed for that because uh, having the opportunity of admiring your, uh, your father oh and being gosh. able to work together with him and sharing the profession together and having the the... The chance of of uh, of uh, having him healthy to work uh, with was it's it's a blessing. It's yeah. a blessing. 
I got to work with my father for yeah, a little yeah, bit before yeah, we ended I, up moving out of the state. But it was just so great to wake up and go to work with my dad. And, and I think he was even happier to have me with him. Than, Absolutely. I mean, it's amazing. He wants to show you off to everybody. Probably you you made him the most uh, happy man in, in, in the earth. Until I earth. left. And then I think he was the saddest man. But so... Tell me, tell for those of us out there, I mean, I know a little bit about your practice. Okay. And I know, I, I want to get to it in just a minute, not yet, uh, how you deal with tongues. Oh, like, yeah. But we'll get to that in just a minute. Tell us a little bit fundamentally the difference between a practice in the United States yes. and a practice in Barcelona. Well, and uh, today at the level of orthodontics, normally uh, I travel all around the world and I see that is quite a certain homogeneity on the, on the countries in terms of uh, what it is. Uh, going on in orthodontics. The practices, the practices are uh, quite similar in Spain, in Barcelona, than in the US. And uh, there are not many, not many things that are really very different of what we do. The, the profession is, as we know, uh, has uh, uh, characteristics and and, and uh, we all have patients that are coming asking for a treatment and we try to to diminish the complexity of our treatments trying to implement implement the the, the orthodontic treatment that is more advanced uh, at the moment of course there are practices that uh, are not evolving like other ones because it depends on the early adopters or the of the capacity of the orthodontist to to move out of the comfort zone right uh, but but uh, more or less we face the same the same problems and we just got to see Sean Carlson talk about no longer is it the technology adoption curve yes. but the shark fin how he talked about how now it it raises so it rises so quickly we don't see that long curve yes. you see it spike and then drop off very quickly like things like uber and amazon and the way things come on they come on so quickly nowadays yes and it's pretty remarkable but do you find in practices in spain yes. do you attract your patients the same way we do here in the well, united states maybe it's a little bit more um uh, more intense here uh, because uh <laughs> well it's it's i agree yes it's a little bit more intense than in spain we are not used to that, um, this level of promotion or whatever. But we are getting in. We Is are getting, getting in there? because, yes, uh, it's, it's growing this tendency. Always, the U.S. has been leading in all the, uh, on all these aspects, you know, and, and in everything because the U.S., it's, uh, it's a land of, of people that has not been afraid of evolving. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the U.S. mentality is always uh, somebody that they want to evolve and want to try. And, and you are always jumping a step ahead. Yeah. And the rest of the world is following quite well. Um, uh, and, and things are happening after a certain, a certain while, but we are following the same. Are you facing the same problems with at-home aligner companies? Are you finding... No. Does that exist in Europe right now? You know, the things that have happened here in the United States? No, you know, in Spain, we don't have this problem at this point. It, it's, yeah, it's a, um, this uh, aligner technology that they are selling directly to the patients. We are not, we are not having this problem at this time because uh, the laws uh, have blocked at this point. Oh, really? Yeah, um, yeah a little bit. I don't know which is the state of uh, this moment, which is the stage of this at this moment, but it seems that that, uh, that are holding uh, this element. But I think, in my opinion, 
this is a problem a little bit uh, that has been, uh, we are a little bit responsible of that. Eh? The orthodontist. As a profession. As a profession, because we have not been uh, explaining to the society, explaining to the patients, which is the real uh, uh, area of, of, uh, of, of, of or real uh, area where orthodontics is working on. Uh, we have been isolating our action as uh, tooth straighteners or uh, tooth positioners or aligning teeth or straightening teeth right. and looking for a perfect midline correction, a perfect occlusion of the posterior segments, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, orthodontist is more, is far ahead more important and more deep than only straightening teeth. It's also an element of positioning correctly the relation in between the maxilla and the mandible. Right. It's also enhancing and, uh, and, and improving the airway path and enhancing the, uh, uh, the by, while correcting the relation in between the maxilla and the mandible, we are going to improve the uh, airway uh, condition of the patient. Establishing a correct relation in between the uh, uh, structures that are involved on the temporal mandibular joint. And at the same time, the orthodontics, the orthodontist is a sculpture. It is a sculpture of the face of the patient. We are responsible of the harmony of the face of the patient, of the face of the patient, because we are balancing this relation by managing properly the position of the teeth, the relation in between the bones. On that all of them are going to sculpture those soft tissues that are not self-supported and are supported by the position of the bones and by the relation of the volumes of the hard tissues that are under them. So at the end, if we had capitalized and explained to everybody which is the real action of orthodontics, we would not be facing a solution that has been is being sold to the patient as a simple tooth straightener. Because behind a tooth straightening, we can ruin a face, we can ruin a provide, we can, we can give some disharmony on the temporary mandibular joint, we can obstruct the airway of a patient, and we can create a mess. Yeah. So uh, this is the big problem that I see today. I agree with you 100%. I've said it numerous times. I spoke with Lou Shimura about it on mm -hmm. the last podcast, about the fact that Straightening teeth is wonderful. It's a great thing. It's a gift we have. As far as we don't right. ruin other things that are connected to it. And, and when you stop thinking about straight teeth and instead think about harmonious appearances, start thinking about function, start thinking about balance, Correct. right? It transcends, you know, uh, the concept of just straight teeth. Absolutely. And, and, and everybody else out there can give straight teeth. Absolutely. But, but at the end of the day, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, what will be the stability of the joint? What, what will the face look like when we're done with treatment? Oh, uh, look, uh, you have, uh, it's very easy. You have a kid. You have a baby. You yeah. have a, a beloved son, beloved daughter that is beautiful. And then you decide to do orthodontics. And suddenly uh, somebody is, uh, focuses only on the straightening of the teeth and ends up, ends up with a correct straightened teeth. But Probably, and then you look at your girl and say, hey, you are not that beautiful you were at the beginning. No? <laughs> and what's going on here? You will be a little bit disappointed. You will be saying, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. She was beautiful and now it's not anymore. Right. So why? Maybe the approach has not been focusing all the areas that we have to focus. Okay. And we are a medical profession. 
And we have to take care of not doing hyatrogenic actions, right. not, not, not giving negative effects to our patients. Hyatrogenic ugliness. That's it. Hyatrogenic ugliness. You know, uh, by ruining a face of a patient, you can ruin the full life of this patient. Oh, I agree. You can completely change the destiny of a person that would be happy and into a sad person that has not been able to accomplish all the expectations that she had in life. And we cannot do that. So uh, this is what uh, what I believe that on 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 those companies that they sell just aligners without looking at the faces. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is for those of us who know you, who yeah. have seen you present for more than just once or twice, yeah. and I think the overwhelming majority of people who are listening to this have heard your name mm-hmm. and maybe never seen you present a case or two. Because, And I'll get into another discussion in just a moment that will talk about that. But what they don't know about you, having seen all these cases, and I know, I know more than a couple of people who've come to Barcelona and watched you work. Yeah. You know, for those out there, I'm not going to say it to him. I'm going to say it to you because I don't want to embarrass him. But he's a master clinician. And no. when you, and when you, no, I'm, I'm being, I don't want to sound like I'm sucking up to you here. But, yeah. but anybody who's seen your cases, I, I just yesterday I saw you present a case. How open was that bite that you closed down on that kid? They came know. to you with an open bite. Had to be at least 15 millimeters open bite. Probably. 20 yes. millimeters. And, and, you know, it was remarkable um, using basic solid you know, biomechanics, understanding bone physiology, um, understanding how teeth move. You just, you, you get it. So people seem to, to hear your name. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to get across here, and I'm very poor, doing it poorly, mm-hmm. is that people hear the name Carrier and they think of a, a, a device, a bar that goes in people's mouths. Correct. They don't realize the history you have in doing this, the number of cases you've treated, how well you've treated them, how you look at things as we say holistically, meaning the whole global diagnosis. Yeah. And then you've got a father who's a master orthodontist, yeah. who's well-respected, who, who rubs shoulders with guys like Jim McNamara and others who looked up to him. That's it. Right? And so I'm trying to paint the picture here of this is not about a bar. Goes, no, no, it's absolutely. Goes, which people out there in the United States, many of which think, oh, you know, I post on it a lot in my groups about the motion, and I show cases of what it's done. And, and people say, this is nothing I can't do with elastics. And, and, I, and I try to say, you can't do this with elastics because the lower or the opposing uh, appliance is mitigating or, or, or minimizing the negative side effects. So you can get some pure movement that you're trying to direct. Yeah. You know, Glenn, uh, in, in terms of, of uh, the clinical skills, I am a regular thought. Oh, no, you're not. I am. You're playing every... I've seen your... Even your bracket position uh, anyway, is gorgeous. Anyway, but the, the important thing is that uh, what we use uh, are good arrows, good arrows. And I mean that the, the technique and the approach and the way we do orthodontics is, is a very well steady and protocolized uh, approach in which the objective is to minimize, to minimize the complexity of what we are doing. Normally, we have been complicated a little, complicating a little bit uh, using complex uh, appliances right. uh, traditionally in orthodontics. And I am a pathological simplifier. I am a pathological simplifier that uh, the objective that the, the, with looking for the objective of trying to do things as simple but predictable as we can. 
So the motion appliance is is a sample like this. It's an appliance that has been designed that way. You look at that and, and it, you see it's a bar. But behind this design is a very deep concept, a very deep concept on what we want to accomplish, these changes of the crucial plane for the intention of changing the relation between the maximum and the mandible for the repositioning of the mandible forward, for accomplishing a correct uh, uh, occlusion of the posterior segments, and for dividing the upper arch in segments in order to accomplish an efficient correction. And at the end of the row, this works. This works and makes it efficient because of this design. No? Yes. Uh, and Leonardo da Vinci was saying... No, I love the way that, you say that, by yeah, the way. That the simplicity is the ultimate form of sophistication. And a little bit like this is the motion appliance. It's simple. You look yes. at it, it's simple. But... It's not simple. It's sophisticated. Yeah. It's sophisticated and it's elegant in its, in, in its action. No? It is. And uh, this is what... This is what and one of the things, and, and again, I, I'm, I tell everybody this, and they've heard this on this podcast before. I'm a skeptic. I don't believe anything. Right? I grew up in New York. Yeah. You need to prove it to me before I believe it. But when yeah. I believe it, yeah. I become an, a strong, passionate advocate for it. Yes. And, and you and I have had a number of conversations because one of my mentors, um, Dr. Malcolm Meister, yes. who's the former chairman at NOAA, who I'm, I'm telling you, there's a few of us who believe that we have to get your father and Dr. Meister together yes. because they're two of the smartest people out there. Oh, in the world. Seriously. We'll be nice. We'll we're, be very we're, nice. We're, we're, we're trying to do that. Yeah. But, but Dr. Meister, and you and I have spoken about this, he, was, he, was, he taught us things that took me two or three years to even understand after I got out. And one of them were, and we've discussed, the five components of class two correction, mm-hmm. right? Which <clears throat> people sit there and say, oh, this is just a bar. I can do this with elastics. I can do this with other things. It's just segmented mechanics. Mm-hmm. And what they don't understand and what Dr. Meister taught us is the five steps or the five keys to class two correction are all the things that this appliance does that nobody notices because it's so sophisticated. They see a bar, it's elegant, it's beautiful. Yeah. And if you really look at it, it's really designed beautifully. But when you, and, and again, full disclosure, I'm a key opinion leader for Henry Schein, uh-huh. and I love promoting it because I believe it's changed my practice. Mm-hmm. But it does five things, right? And let me see if I get this one right for you, okay? okay. Number one, yeah. you're going to get derotation of the upper first molar. This is the key point. Right. Uh, Stoller was telling us in a beautiful article, article in the American Journal of Orthodontics in 1956 or 54, I don't remember, and the uh, correct position of, of the upper molars in order to establish a correct occlusion for a solid occlusion and a solid stability of their cases. And, you're gonna, and you will get about one to two millimeters of class two correction. Correct. Just by derotating. Okay. So that's, that's step number one. Yeah. Step number two is distalizing the upper molars. Correct. And mesializing the lower molars. That, Correct. Right? That's, that's, and we're getting minimization of that with the motion if we use it properly of the latter. Yeah. But you're getting derotation of the upper molar. Yeah. You're getting distalization of the upper molar. Yeah. You're getting, if someone is growing, yes. just like any other class two corrector, you're going to enhance differential growth so right. that if, if they're going to, and, and I'm, we're not going to say you're growing mandibles because we know that's not no. the case. But if they're, if they're meant to grow forward, yeah. you're going to only enhance that process. You're going to assist it. It's called enhancing differential growth. Yes. And, well, you know, uh, with this, what we do is we change the crucial plane. 
Yeah. And by changing the cost of claim, we benefit the, the better relation between the maximum and the mandible. This does not mean that we are going to grow this mandible. No, no we are changing the position of the mandible in exactly. relation with the maxilla. Taking advantage of what? Taking advantage that the, the, the class two retrusive um, patients that but they have a mandible that is a retrusive mandible, Normally, they have their uh, their position of their discs at the temporal mandibular joint is shifted forward. Exactly. The posterior ligament is elongated, and the anterior ligament that is connected with the upper head of the lateral tracheus muscle is contracted. So, in this case, in these cases, what we pretend by changing the occlusal plane is to distract slightly the mandible and to release the space at the top of the condyle to automatically help into the repositioning of the structures in the correct position. This helps into the enhancement of the position of the mandible. Now, if further growth is coming, probably will fall on, on the new relation that we establish because we lock this into class one occlusal platform, into a class one occlusion. But if further growth weight comes, probably will come into this new relation. Yeah. So, but the action of the appliance is short because we are working on in an, in an average in between three, four months of treatment of, of accomplishment of the class one. But the objective of this appliance is to convert, convert classes two, class two in a class one at the beginning of the treatment exactly. during the first three, four months or convert a class three into a class one uh, at the beginning of the treatment in the first three, four months. So the objective is to work on the active orthodontic treatment that is not only related to the sagittal on Hello there, orthopreneurs. Sign up for the Orthopreneurs 24 Summit now. We took over an entire ship just for us. And here's the thing. It's selling out so fast right now that the room types are selling out. So if there's a particular type of cabin you want, you better get on to opsummit2024.com right now and sign up. And why are people signing up? Because of three reasons. Number one, it's a boat, which means you can bring your team, your family. Yes, there's a kids club. And yes, there's an adults only pool. Number two, the lineup I have is going to be spectacular. These are not people you're going to see on any other stage anywhere. I dug deep to find the best to help you live your best, most profitable, most productive, personal and practice lives. And they're going to blow you away. And number three, the type of cabin you want is limited. This is not a hotel where most of the rooms are the same. If you want one with a balcony, they're selling out. You want an inside room to save money, they're selling out. So go to opsummit2024.com right now. Sign up for a cruise September 18th to 22nd, and you will have the best CE time of your life. And now back to the podcast. to work on these class twos, convert them into class ones, and from the class one standpoint, easily finish the case with the braces or aligners or whatever we think is most convenient. And correct early in treatment, which is beautiful <coughs> because you're not waiting at the end to say, Mom, rubber bands for another two more months, another two more months. Correct. And because we've either got a, a lingual holding arch or an Essex in the uh, yeah. opposite arch, you're mitigating, or again, you're minimizing the effect of throwing lower teeth out out of the mandible. Always a good so, source so, of anchorage, a good source of anchorage. Exactly. And so the fifth thing, just you mentioned it, but I didn't say it out loud, is just the postural effect. It's the, it's getting somebody's jaw to swing forward because the condyles are going to sit on the, in the proper spot. And I think I sent you an article, or if I didn't, I will, 
that Dr. Meister sent to me when, because yeah. he, he and I were talking about this yeah. together, because yeah. I'm a skeptic, right? I brought yep. it to him. Right. And he, he really assured me a great deal about, about the five keys to class two correction is what this does, except for mesializing the lower dentition, because it doesn't right. do that. Correct. And I believe, and you tell me if I'm crazy, having done enough of these now, I believe that because we're restraining, because, because we're restraining the mandible at this point, because we're keeping the teeth from moving anywhere, I think what happens is at the end of the day, right, thinking Newtonian physics, right, yeah. that, that energy, you know, can't be created or, or lost. It can yeah. only be converted. Yeah. I believe, yes. and I don't hear anybody talking about this, that because you're holding the lower teeth where they are yeah. in a class two corrector and you're wearing an elastic, because the teeth cannot move forward, you yeah. get an enhanced effect of either distalization and postural movement forward of the jaw because you're not wasting any energy and in going into the moving the actual teeth. Yeah, yeah. There is a, it's a change of posture, it's a change of position. And, but I tell you, uh, we see this change of position when, when it's a discrepancy of the position of the disc and the, and the position of the structures that are involved on the TM, of the TMJ. Yeah. Of the TMJ. And, and so, please. Say yeah. So what I tell you, uh, what I was explaining you, that that this is uh, the, the the scenario that we they look for with emotion is to uh, to invite the mandible to be relocated forward in a better that. sagittal scenario. I love that. But but if the patient has the temporal mandibular structures, the disc and the joint and the and the mandible in the correct relation, although the patient has a class two, uh, we are not going to be able to change this posture. No. We were not experiencing a reposition of the mandible forward. This will not simply happen. What it will happen is that when the patient has an incorrect relation and the disc is forward, the posterior ligament is elongated and the anterior ligament together with the upper head of the lateral triodor muscle is contracted, then we can release and change the posture of this mandible and bring this mandible forward. We have seen that is a tremendously effective appliance for those clicking and painful uh, temporomandibular disorders yeah. when they have class two. There is nothing more frustrating to me to see a patient that is after having an orthodontic treatment in the past is coming to your office in class one occlusion with temporomandibular pain and click. Because then it's a chronic temporomandibular. Uh, you cannot change the posture. You cannot invite the mandible to be regulated forward because the patient is in class one. So we, as orthodontists, we have to uh, uh, be uh, look forward, 10 miles for, uh, uh, forward in order to, uh, be, uh, to be preventive on the position of the structures of the temporomandibular joint. And whenever we face a class two, try to enhance the position of the mandible because this will en correct the relation of the temporomandibular structures. Can I get that with elastics? Just elastics but alone? You can get this changing the occlusal plane. And the elastics are elements that are going to work with the motion appliance. But at the same time that it's distalizing, is changing the occlusal plane. Right. And this change of the occlusal plane is the element that will help into the reposition of the, of the mandible forward. Uh, the reposition of the mandible forward has several elements uh, that uh, are promoting that. One of them is the change of the occlusal plane. 
The other one is the intrusion of the molars while the motion is working because the motion intrudes those upper molars. Which is interesting because when you think about how it works, yeah. you'd think it ex people say it ex extrudes the molar, but it no, doesn't. No, it intrudes. It, intrudes. it intrudes. does. I've seen it. It has blows a me statistical away. significant intrusion of almost one millimeter, 0.9. 0.9 millimeters, but this is extraordinarily uh, efficient because at the same time, we have a little bit of extrusion of the canines, and this is canting the occlusal plane. The canting of the occlusal plane is changing the relation of the mandible and is inviting the mandible to be distracted slightly, distracted slightly, and invited to be released forward for a better scenario when the position of the structures of the joint are incorrect. And what is locking in a solid and consistent scenario in this new position. The perfect occlusion of class one of the posterior segments. Exactly. The intercuspidation, intercuspation of the canines, premolars, and molars in a super class one. This is locking this for the future. And one of the most important and strong elements of the use of the motion is the stability of what we accomplish, this occlusion that is so stable along the years. Yeah, and the distraction of the joint of the condyle yeah. out of the fossa allows you to recapture this. Exactly. So That's it. And then that was the article that I think we had talked about a little bit, which I never got to, which is that I think it's from 58, if I'm not mistaken, uh -huh. where some, and I'll get the name. I, I'm sorry to those listening, I don't have the name, but Dr. Meister sent it to me, where it, I, apparently there was a whole issue back then that he was trying to prove the point that we're not growing mandibles and things like that. He's, and, he, and he sectioned yeah. either 100 or 200 cadaver TMJs. Yeah. He just sectioned them and he looked to correlate class one, class two, class three, but mostly one and two mm -hmm. to disc position. Yeah. And he found that the disc was anteriorly located, just like you say. Yeah. And that just by recapturing the disc onto the condylar head in about a hundred or two hundred, and this is a significant size. Yeah. He found you will gain between two and four millimeters of space of, of anterior movement. That's not I would love to have this article. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It, it, Dr. Meister sent it to me, and I'll get it from you, but that doesn't include the rotation of the plane. That doesn't include derotation of the first molar. That doesn't include distalization of the upper molars. So when people say, oh, you know, I can do this with rubber bands alone, A, you can't unless you start doing segmented mechanics, which, let's be honest, in today's day and age, most schools are not teaching you how to do Ricketts bioprogressive or progressive, yeah. you know, biomechanics like that. And, and number two, most orthodontists today do not want to start bending wire, mm -hmm. which you need to do to create some sort of segmented mechanics. And number three, you're going to get counter effects or secondary effects of throwing teeth out. And you might get a clusal plane change, but you're also going to go. I've seen when I looked at my cases, yeah. I see on average between 10 and 13 millimeters of proclination increase when I try to do class cor two correction alone when teeth are straight. Yeah. Using elastics alone. Yeah. I've seen on average about three millimeters, two and a half to three and a half millimeters of proclination when I use a class, a motion class two. Yes. So the question is that um, the problem is when we try to, when we try to, to correct with rubber bands, uh, uh, a bonded, uh, full, uh, full bracketed uh, arch with, with wire, what, uh, what happens is that the anterior part of the, of the, of the wire, and the, and the brackets is neutralizing the effect of the elastics. Because this is physics. At the end, we have to understand that the curvature, 
the uh, one curve is so stable. And this is the reason why the windows of the airplanes are rounded, uh, because they dissipate, neutralize, erase the stress that this window is going to, to, to have during the flight of the, of the plane. Or if we want to, if we try to squeeze uh, one egg, squeezing it from the poles, of uh, every pole of the, way, uh, of, the, of the egg, we will not be able to break it because all the surface that is curved is dissipating, neutralizing our effort of breaking it. So the question is that by placing brackets in the full arch and connecting all of them with one wire, we are generating a curve. And this curve is so stable. And then we try to move everything back with elastics. What happens? That the anterior part is doing the uh, the, the antagonist uh, effect is neutralizing the effect of the elastics. What we are doing with the motion appliance, we are segmenting, we are not inviting the incisors to this, at this level, and we just move the canines, premolars, and molars into class one, changing to crucial plane and inviting this uh, into the new relation. And the discussion we've had so far, the biggest thing I ever hear people say is we're treating the wrong arch. You ever hear people say that? Uh, yeah. It's a mandibular problem, and we're yeah. treating it with the maxilla. Yeah. And I hope that your discussion so far of explaining with the disc and postural changes, we're not treating the maxilla. Uh-huh. We're it's, just treating the maxillary a- dentition to shift an occlusal plane to allow the right arch, which is the mandible, as you say, I'm going to use it from now on, to invite the mandible to come into the right position. You know, the human being is a unit. It's, yeah. And it, it, it has nothing that is independent of, uh, of other things. We are totally connected. Yeah. So at the, at the end, uh, uh, everything will have a f- uh, an effect that will be general. It will have an effect on the maxilla, will have an effect on the mandible, and will have an effect on, on, on the different structures. And before we, we get to the end of this, because I know we're short on time, I want to just hit you up with one question about Tell tongues. tongues. Tell me the role the tongue plays in it's, these malocclusions. It's and, so important. And where you found that out. Yeah. It's and so what important. you do in your practice. You know, um, my father, that is very, 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 uh, very observ- uh, has a, a, a capacity of observing, uh, it always has been very careful with the tongues. And I have learned from him uh, all this information about the, the importance of the tongue. And uh, the reason of many malocclusions and many uh, open bites is the wrong positioning of the tongue. The tongue is a... a, a uh, a mix-up of many muscles that all of them are estriate, and all those muscles, when are used incorrectly for swallowing, for chewing, for crunching, for uh, for talking, and whenever they are used incorrectly, uh, too much with too much activity, this tongue is going to be strong, and 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 will grow. Why? Because it's like the biceps is a kind of muscle that if it goes to the gym will be stronger and stronger and bigger and bigger. So the problem of this is that if the patient is swallowing incorrectly and is having a, 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 a habit of, of wrong deglution, that we will have a patient that will have a macroglossic uh, scenario in which this will uh, generate an open bite. So trying to work an orthodontic treatment without uh, re uh, establishing a correct positioning of the tongue is something that is going to crash soon or later. Maybe we can work with elastics, we can work with whatever, but if we have not been training the tongue, this will relapse. And we are not doing treatments for relapse, we are doing treatments for, for, for being stable along the years. So 
it's extremely important that the orthodontics leads the positioning of the tongue, leads the training of the how to swallow, how to crunch, how to position your tongue when when uh, swallowing. One of the most important elements of these people, of these patients that they position them wrongly, is that when they swallow, they close the lips and they vacuum, they suck. They do a vacuum with the lips that project the tongue forward, and this tongue forward is going to open the bite. So one of the things that we explain to the patient and is just part, part the lips, so separate slightly the lips, leave the air pressure to come into your mouth while you swallow, and put the tip of the tongue on the rugae of the palate, put the base of the tongue down, and back and try to swallow saliva, saliva with the, your lips parted. And then they do, they, they do it and they do it correctly. But immediately in the third time, they seal, vacuum and project the tongue forward. So this is what we have to work with, with chewing gum, this, that. But this has to be leaded by the orthodontist because at the end will be the one that will suffer the side effect of a wrong position of the tongue. Right. So we can we 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 can he- have of course the help of uh, tongue uh, uh, tongue tongue experts like a myofunctional therapist. My, myofunctional therapist but without just pushing into them the problem we have the problem we also carry the problem by accepting this case so let's leave that and let's work also together with the with the myofunctional. No, it's beautiful, and hopefully one day I'll get to Barcelona. You are most invited, my friend. I know. You've invited me like 10 times. Eh? And I will take care of you properly. This September, (laughs) I'm going to come out. I will tell everybody here who's listening that in September, they need to come to Barcelona. Henry Schein Global Symposium in in, uh, Barcelona, your hometown. That's it. And I'm sure sure you'll be speaking there. It's lovely. It's a beautiful meeting in which... we, we put all our resources in terms of uh, the speakers, the speakers uh, that you, you have been speaking in, in many symposiums that we have yeah. been doing. But uh, I tell you that uh, we put all of our resources on the best speakers with the best cases, the best clinical uh, cases that they have in order to give a real symposium that is worth to go, you know. Yeah. And, and it's a symposium in which uh, you will come back at home once you come. Uh, saying, hey, this is something different. They have given us information that is so useful, technically speaking, in terms of clinical data, in terms of uh, tips, in, cl- in terms of methodology, in terms of uh, office management, in terms of, of uh, camaraderie also, because it's a big family. Yeah. Uh, Henry Schein has put together a kind of meeting, a kind of, of ortho family that now we are moving forward with one objective, only one objective, giving to the patient, to the patient, the best orthodontic care we can, yeah. and giving to the patient the best orthodontic care we can in order to be advanced with everything we do, not being afraid on stepping out of the comfort zone and giving the best we can to our patients. Yeah. And anybody who's a doubter out there, all they need to do is sit down in your lecture and watch your cases. And your finishes are beautiful. I mean, truly, it's something to aspire to. And the thing that I say to people out there, because like I said, I'm a big advocate of the motion appliance. I use it every single day in my practice. My practice has grown my aligner 
numbers in my practice have grown considerably because my AP correction occurs at the beginning. I'm in a class one platform. And aligners do class one platforms beautifully. And so, so for everybody out there, there, there'll be many who, who criticize and don't understand it. So the question I always ask them is, have you been to a lecture? Have you watched Dr. Carrier lecture on this or somebody give a number of cases and show you how they use it? And often the answer is no. And so now I encourage everybody out there, both people who believe in it and people who don't believe in it to get to the symposium. And you know what? At worst, they're going to get to be in Barcelona. Ah, that's it. You pointed out something that is very, very interesting, the aligners, no? And, and, and the important thing of managing properly the sizeal condition at the beginning of the treatment and converting your cases of class two or class three in class one at the beginning of the treatment, we have seen that we can convert our cases, our complex cases that were in class two or class three. Once we converted in class one, we can either treat them with brackets exactly. or aligners because we are uh, by managing this with emotional appliance we have seen that uh, that we can convert a case that was impossible to solve with aligners at the beginning into a case that is perfectly possible exactly. and easy to solve with aligners uh, 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 at this point of the of the conversion from the anterior posterior relation into exactly. the correct one i agree and best of all if i've got a child in my office and mom is on the fence she's not sure braces or invisalign i say don't worry Correct. You don't have to make that decision right now. Braces or aligners doesn't matter. Exactly. We're going to correct this thing first. That's it. And then the best part of this is in three to five months from now, they will tell us whether or not they're a better. If they lose their Essex all the time, if I've got to put them into a lower lingual holding arch, right. you're getting braces. Correct. And if they, if they wear their elastics beautifully and they never lose their Essex, why would I not do aligners on them? Yeah. Right? So it's a beautiful thing because in my practice, I don't charge more for one or the other. Correct. Right? It just is what it is. You change and, and you, you switch and, and you, you decide. Exactly. The so patient decides. Before I let you go, yeah. I'm going to ask you the same 10 questions I ask everybody. Well, yeah. I, I hope they are not so difficult. They're not. Okay. They're only difficult if you make them difficult. <laughs> so there are 10 questions. Yeah. Everybody answers them. There are only two people I forgot to ever ask them to. And there, there is a famous um, interviewer named James Lipton. And he has a TV show called Inside the Actor's Studio, yeah. which has been on for decades. And he start, stole some questions from a, an interviewer called Bernard Pivot, um, who is French, I believe. And he asked these 10 questions of every okay. of famous actors and directors and producers who come what on I, the show. You ready? Let's see. Let's see, let's see if I can answer one. You can. Here's one easy. What is your favorite word? Word. What is your favorite word? Simplicity. What is your least favorite word? Impossible. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, emotionally? I don't like, what turns you off? Impossibility. What is your, oh, oh, this is a good one. I have to warn you about this one. This is not censored. You can say whatever you want. And I, no matter what you say, we've had worse. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? Curse? Curse. What is curse? Bad words. The words you tell your children not to say. Ah, what's your favorite one? But I cannot say it. You can. Everybody else says it. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, you can say it in Spanish if you want. No, it's. Uh, no, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a lot worse, but yeah, yes, yeah. it's a bad word. But yes, what sound yeah. or noise do you love to hear? Birds. Birds. Yeah. And what sound or noise do you hate? Engines. 
engines? Yeah, um, like motors. Mechanical, uh, mechanical. What profession, what job, other than yours, would you like to attempt? Architecture, probably. And what profession, other than yours, would you never want to do? The how you call this? Um, He's pointing at me with two hands. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I would do everything if I, if I had to do it. If you had to do it, you would do it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, I, if it was a matter of surviving, I would do... Uh, I would we're, not, not, we're not talking about like we're going to kill you if you don't no, do No, 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 of course. But like if I said uh, you have to be a factory worker. For I would do it. I would do it. It's not a matter... Uh, I, if I had to do it, because life puts me in this uh, scenario, I would do it. It's beautiful. Yeah. No job is too yeah. small. That's it. I like that. Yeah. And the last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Hey, you did a good job. And I believe you are doing a good job. I try to do my best, my friend. No, you are. <laughs> I, for those of you who've never had a chance to meet Dr. Luis Carrier, he's one of the most... Um, respectful, kind, Thank wonderful you. people I've ever met. And I, I'm truly grateful for the friendship we have. I am, I am blessed of having friends like you, my friend. Oh, so thank uh, you too. I appreciate it very much. But the, this, this sense is reciprocal. Well, thank you. So I appreciate it. it. And um, if you have any questions for him, please feel free to forward them to me at my email, doc at kriegersmiles.com. Um, as always, I will tell you to please... Uh, Make room in your calendar in September for the Orthopreneurs Summit in Dallas, September 13th and 14th. Uh, Dr. Carrier will not be there. He's got other engagements, but there will be many other amazing people that will be there. And um, again, I would encourage you, if there's anything you've gotten out of this, if you've never ever, and again, I'm a KOL, but if you've never done a motion appliance, do one. Learn how to do it. Go to a course. Do one. Use it properly. Don't learn from a friend how to do it because often you will make mistakes, right? Because there are things you need to know. But try one after learning how to use it properly. And I would be surprised if you ever go back to the old way of doing <laughs> things. True. This and that's how it happened for me. Thank so thank you for your time today, Dr. Thank you, thank you for and giving me the opportunity and, and the pleasure and the honor of being in your, in your... Oh, please. The pleasure is all mine, always. And um, if anybody else needs anything, reach out to me. But otherwise, until we speak again, I'm wishing you all an amazing day.